What up, what up, what up? The son of the junks is back. It's AWOD. You're listening to DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan, simulcast on the Team 980, and always available around the country on the go on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. It gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, run some errands, pick up right where you left off. Each chapter is labeled, uh, and it's a really great app out there for music, play-by-play, and, of course, the best damn sports talk here in town. And, of course, we're going to go around the NFL I have my show Monday through Friday in Richmond, and this week I gave out four three-star matchups. It's the first time all NFL season where I believe you have four different games that are three-star games. Um, I give out one star to three-star, including zeros, which is a snooze fest. Three-star means you're in line to be AWOD certified game of the week, and it all begins Sunday morning, bright and early at 9.30 a.m. for the game in Frankfurt, Germany, with the Chiefs against the Dolphins. I don't know how those teams ended up in Germany. The biggest game of the year ends up at 9.30 a.m. I mean, I am so pumped up for that game. It feels like it's a little bit like old school Brady versus Manning, where it feels like it's the best two offenses going against each other. Two in the Dolphins put up 70 this year. Tyree Kills running past everyone week after week. Moster's been a fantasy stud, and the Dolphins have so much speed. Then you got the Kansas City Chiefs, and they can score as well. Uh, that offense has really come on strong as of late. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the bunch. And that begins at 9.30 a.m. Then you've got a great one with the Ravens against the Seahawks. Drab t-shirt from the Junks against Matt Valdez. Uh, and both teams here battling top of their division, trying to get into the playoffs. And that should be a very entertaining but defensive game. So I think the Chiefs-Dolphins will be high-scoring. Ravens-Seahawks, I expect to be low-scoring. Then you've got the NFC East Division uh, rivalry game between the Eagles and the Cowboys, and that is going to be exciting because both those teams are playing very well. The Eagles can push ahead to having a two-and-a-half game lead in the NFC East, or the Cowboys could move within a half game of Philly. And then what I said was my certified game of the week, is Bills Bengals. So many juicy storylines in that one. Number one, Damar Hamlin back in Cincinnati for the first time since he collapsed on the field. Number two, it's a playoff matchup that the Bengals won in Buffalo in the snow. And number three, it's the battle of the QBs. Josh Allen against Joe Burrow. Uh, we'll break those games down later on the show today, but those are my four three star matchups in the NFL. And then your commanders. My skinny skin skins. We made two big moves this week, trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young. I'll tell you, I really miss one of those guys already. And that's Montez Sweat. I thought he was awesome to watch. Really nice guy. And the times that I got to interview him, just like a giant teddy bear, a monster on the f- on the field, really. Uh, always up towards the top of the league in QB pressures every season. I felt like if he had gotten some... Love from the officials with more holding calls. He might still be in Washington. Uh, I think at the beginning of the season, this team had a choice to make. We're going to either pay Chase Young or pay Montez Sweat at the end of the year, but they're 3-5. and five. They've lost five of the last six. And so Josh Harris came in from the top ropes and said, trust the process. We're going to already look ahead towards next season. Uh, so... Of course, we got a lot to get to on the show today. Chris Russell will join us at 10 a.m. David Harrison covers the Commanders for Sports Illustrated at 11. 
But I wanted to start with some college football talk because it is a Hokies game day here on 106.7 The Fan in Odyssey, D.C., is the place to be for Hokies games. They can be heard on the app, and today, 1.30 is the pregame show with Bill Roth. And uh, I have Bill Roth, who's the play-by-play voice of the Hokies, on my show weekly, and he told me, look, this is 7-1 and Louisville team that has won nine straight at home. Coach Jeff Brom, his first year in the program, back at his school where he was quarterback, very successful there, taking over and doing a great job, and he started doing a great job in the offseason with the transfer portal. And uh, senior quarterback Jack Plummer is the leader for Louisville. They want to establish the run with Jawar Jordan and throw it deep to Jamari Thrash. The question is, will they have time in the pocket for some of these deep throws, or will the Hokies get home? Virginia Tech has 15 sacks in the last two games. This is a battle of the second and third place defensive teams in the ACC. Both of these defenses behind, of course, Florida State. Louisville's defense, very tough. They're coming off of a 23-0 shutout win over Duke. Hokies, they're going to try to ground and pound. The one-two punch this season has been Bayshon Tootin and Malachi Thomas. Chiron Drones taking over as quarterback the last six weeks from Grant Wells. And the best thing about Chiron Drones is it's old-school Hokies football where he can run and he can throw. And he's got this great dual-threat ability and the improved offensive line play has helped the Hokies win three in a row at home and get to this position here, just year two of the Coach Pry era, where they're battling for sole possession of second place in the ACC. The winner of the game today could end up in the ACC championship. It is a top 25 matchup with Virginia Tech on the road facing off against number 13, Louisville. That's the big question. Can the Hokies, who have won three straight at home, win on the road I expect both these teams to try hard to run early and often it should be a low scoring defensive battle the Hokies keys number one can't let Louisville pull pull away early Tech fell down big to Florida State battled back but it was too little too late they have a habit of starting games slow kind of similar to the commanders Chiron drones completion percentage he can throw he can run very well, and I love how he can kind of like scramble around the backfield and then find somebody downfield or run it himself and pick up the first down, and he's not a small quarterback. He can muscle forward uh, and even QB sneak it if he needs to for extra yards uh, there to pick up the first down. But they need to get him going with some quick completions to get him comfortable with the deep shot later. And then the Hokies are going to have to win this game with some old-school Beamer ball. Win the turnover battle. Have a special team's uh, big play. Got to win this game old school Beamer ball. I think the tougher team that makes less mistakes will win. Hokies pressured the crap out of Syracuse last week. Got them down on all of their third down tries. Couldn't get one first down on third down. And in fact, they didn't even run for a yard all game. Hokies dominated uh, from start to finish. Louisville is averaging over 300 yards per outing. Uh, so it's going to be a really good game today. Pre-game coverage with Bill Roth right here on The Fan at 1.30. So here's what ESPN had to say about Chiron Drones. I really like this. They say mobile Hokies quarterback Chiron Drones has thrown for 1,237 yards and seven touchdowns just with one interception. And that came 151 attempts ago on his 15th pass 
of the game. His streak without a pick broke Sean Glennon. You guys remember Sean Glennon, uh, Northern Virginia guy. Hokies record of 149 passes without an interception in 2007. The Hokies have turned the ball over just four times in the last five games and eight times overall, while Jones has also rushed for 400 yards with four scores. That's why I'm telling you, it reminds me of Marcus Vick, Michael Vick, Tyrod Taylor, Logan Thomas, where it's a mobile quarterback for Virginia Tech, and they're going to try to run, 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 and then play action pass and throw it to the speedster, Jalen Lane. I'm really looking forward to this game because second place is on the line in the ACC with number 13, Louisville, hosting Virginia Tech. And, and you think about this program here, who at the beginning of the season, they were going to start Grant Wells, and they started slow, one and three. And then they win three out of their next four games. And all of a sudden, it's a down year in the ACC, right? Down year for Clemson. UNC's lost two straight. Duke was flying high. They've struggled recently. Miami, they what do they do? They don't kneel the ball, and because of that, they lose games. Miami should be at the top of the ACC. But Virginia Tech has this interesting schedule now, and it's going to get interest more, even more interesting next year with the additional teams where they avoided UNC, Clemson, and Duke. Not on their schedule. Yeah, you had to play Florida State, and they whooped your butt. But if you get rid of those teams on your schedule, you have to compete to be in the top of the ACC. This could be a statement win for Coach Pry and the program. Louisville was picked to finish 8th. Virginia Tech 11th before the season. Nonetheless, here we are with the first-year coach in Louisville in second place and the second year with Coach Pry, Virginia Tech in third with a chance to overtake Louisville with a win today. So this is going to be a big-time matchup, a top-25 matchup. First time we've been able to see that, uh, say that for a while with the Hokies. And uh, it, it's fun to talk college football. I've been following it really closely, uh, obviously, with my job. And going into the last two seasons, you had UVA and Virginia Tech, both with new coaches. Tony Elliott was supposed to be the offensive guy from Clemson. Brent Pry with Penn State was supposed to be the defensive guy. UVA, they've struggled. That program has not figured out. Virginia Tech, though, from doom and gloom, all of a sudden the fan base is rejuvenated, energized, and there's a monster game today against Louisville. I had Bruce Smith, the former Hokie, on my show yesterday, and uh, he believes Virginia Tech can get the win with a strong defensive battle. If you want to chime in, the phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067, one 636 1067 You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on DC Sports Radio 106.7, the fan simulcast on the Team 980 and always available on the go. On the free Odyssey app, phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. You can always tweet me throughout the show at AWOD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. And I wanted to get into the commanders right now and the question i have for you is are you still holding out hope that washington can be a playoff team this year or after the trades this week are you already looking ahead to next season are you like me you just can't wait till ron rivera leaves the building for good 1-800-636-1067 i was listening to kevin sheehan this morning on his show and he made some really great points. It is so interesting that Washington is literally one game out, right? This team is 3-5, and five, 
one game out of the playoffs, and a team with less talent, in my opinion, is going to make the playoffs. It's either going to be the Vikings with a backup quarterback, the Falcons with a backup quarterback, the Saints. I mean, are we, are we really going to say that those teams are more talented than Washington right now? We should make the playoffs if we're just competing with those teams. Now, the issue is Washington has not played two straight games of good offense. And defensively, they're more up and down than a roller coaster. So, when we play against the Patriots tomorrow, I'm focusing less on the outcome of the game and more on Sam Howell's performance, Sam Howell's development, and if we can answer the question of, did Washington find, finally find their franchise quarterback? The last time the Commanders lost to the Eagles, it carried over into Thursday night, Thursday night massacre against the Chicago Bears. Can they rebound this time from another heartbreaking defeat to the Eagles this Sunday in New England? From USA Today, they say it was a valiant effort, but Washington once again fell just short against the Eagles in a one-possession home loss. It was the second straight loss against a divisional opponent, but the offense looked bright again with Sam Howell throwing for nearly 400 yards after a rough performance against the Giants. That's what you've been getting from Sam Howell this year. Really good game, then a really mediocre game. A great game, then a bad game. The Patriots are picked to win by three points, which tells me Vegas. Vegas has this as a pick em, with just three points for the home team there. And the Patriots are led by their defense, as always, under Bill Belichick, especially when he doesn't have Tom Brady. The commander's defense, well, that leads them to defeats. How is this one going to turn out? I would be shocked if this game went over the over-under that is set low at 41. It looks to me like a race to 21 points. Like 21 points for the offense may be enough to win. Which tells me it's going to come down to third down conversions, which whew, has been an issue in Washington for a long time, and especially, once again, this season. And red zone efficiency. And really, when Washington wins games this season, they've been great in the red zone. Or in their two losses against Philly. They were great in the red zone. So, how is this game going to turn out? 1-800-636-1067. And are you still holding out hope that Washington can be a playoff team? I'm not thinking about the playoffs. I'm really not. I think at the end of the season, if we have a chance to get into the playoffs, oh, I'll be all, all, tour, I'll be all for it, right? Because getting into the playoffs means so much for your organization. It means one more game of experience for your guys. And, of course, once you get into the dance, anything can happen, right? Nobody would have picked Eli Manning's Giants teams to win the Super Bowl the, the two years that they did. But they got in and then went on a run. So, of course, I want to get into the playoffs, but that's not a focus of mine this year because I am so ready to move on from Ron Rivera. I'm so frustrated anytime he talks to the media, and I'm even more frustrated with him not throwing challenge flags. How the hell do you let the same wide receiver not make a catch on fourth downs two years in a row and you don't challenge it, right? I, for some reason, Ron Rivera decided to not throw the challenge flag against the Eagles when I feel like most football fans know you throw the challenge flag there just to buy some damn time, Ron. The Eagles, I, I said this on my show, 
during the week where I said, I thought the Eagles looked so guilty. Looked like they were running from the cops. Wait, Jalen Hurts is... He's limping back to the line of scrimmage, putting his hands together, his fists together, making a signal that obviously means, yeah, our guy didn't catch the ball. And Ron Rivera's like dying to see a replay with the entire defensive staff on the sideline screaming he didn't catch it? You throw the flag, you buy yourself some time, you look at the replay, and then you could talk to the ref and say, oh, oh, you guys are calling that a catch? Oh, no, maybe I'll, I'll pick up the challenge flag. But you at least give yourself more time. But when it's fourth down and you don't ch throw the challenge flag, to me, you're not doing your job, right? The do your job sign should have been hang hung in Ron Rivera's office this week because he cost Washington that game. And I think if Washington had beaten the Eagles, that either Chase Young or Montez Sweat would still be on the roster. They'd still be on the roster today. Most likely Montez, right? I, I mean, maybe they would have traded him anyway because the second-round pick is great, especially in Chicago because they're lousy. But one of these guys would have still been on the roster. But instead, here we are six days later. I feel defeated after being sellers at the trade deadline, right? I get it. It's great for the future, but it's hard for me to look at the future when I want to see if we've got our quarterback of the future first, right? We we you know We talk about this on sports radio at nausea where what where does the direction of the organization go right and i've been saying here you got to get rid of rid of ron rivera and you've got to bring in a gm a gm then needs to hire his coach and then that coach needs to decide if sam Howell's the quarterback or if they want to bring in their own quarterback to be the franchise quarterback you need to follow that order of operations gm to coach to quarterback because if you don't you get a dysfunctional organization like washington and, and we've been this way for 25-plus years. It's been so bad. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to line one. Shane in D.C. What's up, Shane? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm good morning to you, my friend. Happy Saturday. Happy football Saturday. Thanks for calling, man. What are your thoughts? My thoughts is uh, I don't want to win another damn game. I, I, I This season's over. Playoffs. Playoffs is more like playoffs. No, well, we want a top five pick at this point. We have a second round pick, Chicago, which is pretty much a late first round. We can get this offensive line cleaned up off of our first two picks right off the bat. This is what the issue is. I think Sam Howell right now, you invested in him right now. I think we need more uh, uh, video on him. Uh, people don't realize he's, what, how many games has he got underneath his belt. So I think he needs more time. I don't think we need to pull the trigger just quit yet on Sam Howell. But I do think you do need to draft the quarterback. Competition is always a good thing for anybody in life. And that's the problem with Ron Rivera. He does not know how to evaluate talent. He's got a whole draft class this year that can't even get on the damn field. Now, that's ridiculous. That's his, he, he knows it. He's checked out. He's week to week. And he's just waiting to get fired so he can collect that free check. And that's it. He is done, and he knows it. Shane, I appreciate the call, man. And you called last week, too, and you're already looking ahead to next season, and I get that. But deep down, being a fan, don't you want to be better than the lousy Vikings getting into the playoffs over the Bucks with Baker Mayfield? Like, there's nine games left in this season, man. 
No, man, we got blown up, Adam. And then what? What we just we still doing like we did the Wizards? What we just putting a medical team out there just to get in the, the wild card spot and just get drunk? No, what we need to do is rebuild this from scratch and start moving forward and start winning big games and start winning two, three, four in a row. When's the last time we've done anything like that on the Ron Rivera? It's just a joke. And his coaching staff, and I feel sorry for Eric enemy because he came here and now he's supposed to be one and done here. And it's sad because he could be, he'll be a coach of Colorado, what you see. He'll be right there with prime time. <laughs> Good call, man. I appreciate it, Shane. Phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. We'll take your calls throughout the show today. We've got Chris Russell from the Team 980 joining us at 10 a.m. David Harrison at 11. We'll go around the NFL and pick some winners at 11.30. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on DC Sports Radio 1067, the fan simulcast on the Team 980 and always available on the Odyssey app. Got Chris producing the show today. Good morning. Time to get up and at him. Starting your Saturday morning off right. And Chris, how about this pro move that I pulled this morning? All right. So I come here to the studios in Richmond every Saturday to do this show. Of course, you can hear me Monday through Friday in Richmond on 910 The Fan or available around the country on the Odyssey app. And what I did was I brought a bottle of orange juice to work today from home. We've got free coffee in the building here. We've got water. But now I've got my triple breakfast in the morning. I love it. The water, coffee, OJ. It's the perfect combination. It gets the juices flowing. I love it. It's, I, uh, I just happened to bring a couple of uh, Nature's Valley bars in. That's what I brought in this morning. <laughs> oh, my. Those things create so much crumbs right i mean you probably is why just... i don't eat them at home <laughs> that's a good point yeah oh man the floors of that studio are so dirty <laughs> that's great all right phone lines are open 1-800-636-1067 i'm wondering will we see an inspired commander's team tomorrow or are we going to see a locker room that's defeated with nothing to play for i believe these guys are going to be inspired and they're going to fight hard but still lose to the Patriots, 1-800-636-1067. Phone lines are always open. You could tweet us throughout the show. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. That's at AWOD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Let's go to line one. Gary, Gary in Fairfax, you're on the fan with AWOD. Hey, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, Gary, how are you doing? Oh, hey, man, what's up? We miss you here in D.C. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, look, bro, uh... Not, not, not to be reactionary to Ron being fired. It's obvious. So I, you know, I know people are pissed, and but it's obvious that he will be gone. And I felt the same way. But you know what? I changed. I changed my mind because I was watching the World Series, and I heard uh, John Smoltz keep talking about a clean inning. I guess he's talking about pitchers who don't want to come in with men on base and house. They want to start the inning clean, and. That's kind of the way I think EB deserves a, an opportunity. But start the inning clean, man. And I think right now we get much more long-term value to allow EB for the rest of the season to just be laser-focused and concentrated on grooming Sam and getting all the kinks out of Sam's game. I think going forward long-term, that would be much more valuable than just firing Ron for the last, you know, eight or nine games. Gary, or Gary, I agree with you. It's a great point. I thought about it the last few weeks, too, because 
You're right. I want Ron Rivera gone. Like, I, I want him fired today. I, I hope he doesn't make it to Thanksgiving. But, you know, <laughs> everyone says, oh, well, then who becomes the head coach? I don't want it to be Jack Del Rio. And I said, well, no. I, I'd like it to be Eric Bieniemy because I like the way he speaks to the media. I like the way he's inspiring these guys. But he's also got so much on his plate, right? He's bringing exactly. in a new offensive system for all the wide receivers and the running backs. And he's got to focus on Sam Howell. And then you want to make him worry about challenging plays and going for a fourth down and, and dealing with special teams and stuff. So you're right. I, I do think that would be too much for him this season. And for the long-term development of Sam Howell, it would be best to just let them cook. Let them work together. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? Here's something else. Everybody's you know keeps talking about, oh, you know, Ron always gets this Ron run. There's no Ron run coming this year, folks. I, I got I got news for you. Ron, the, the so-called Ron runs, those were, I think, uh, surely coincidental when, when those things happen. Okay, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. That, that, was, that was strictly coincidental. And, and you know what's different this year? Ron didn't lose his two best, two of his best defensive players in the years past when he had those so-called Ron runs. I would love, I would love for somebody. I was going to tell JP uh, from uh, B. Mitch and Finley, if I could get him some liquid, uh, liquid true serum, maybe he could drop a little bit in Ron's diet coke or whatever the hell he drinks prior to the press conference. Just drop a little true serum in in, in his drink, and then ask him at the press conference, Ron. Just put on your general manager's hat for a minute, and can you honestly say that this regime that has been here for the past three and almost three and a half years now, would you sign these guys up? Would you sign up for another three or four or five years of this? I wonder what his honest answer from a GM perspective would be. I think we all know. I think we all know what the honest answer would be. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because he always talks about how he's build he's building this roster – uh, but uh, he really has not built the offensive line. He has not done enough at the linebacker position, and the secondary is shaky still. Well, you know, to, to me, he's had, with uh, Sam being on his rookie contract, man, most teams are busted because they're paying, they're paying their quarterback so much money. He's had the opportunity now for two seasons while your quarterback is not is, is not uh, taking up all of your salary cap, but instead they keep going and grabbing all of these uh, stragglers off the uh, quarterback scrap heap and hoping for a miracle. That wasn't going to happen. You should have been building your offensive line so that when you did find your quarterback for the future, you could hit the ground running. You would have your offensive line in place, and then when you got your quarterback of the future, boom, you'd be all, everybody hit the, hit the ground running, and you'd be off and running. But there's no foresight. There's, there's no foresight. And they're talking about Belichick. Belichick didn't have any foresight either. Do you think he, he never thought Brady was going to get old? They never, they never prepared for the future. And at least I'll give Green Bay a, 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 a little pat on the back. At least they knew Rodgers was getting old and probably they took a swing at uh, 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 Love. He just, hap he just didn't happen to work out. But at least they had the foresight to see that we have an aging quarterback. We need to get a young quarterback of the future. So would it piss Rodgers off? New England should have done the same thing with Tom Brady. We don't need Belichick here. Belichick, I heard uh, Florio saying it takes Belichick five years to develop his system. <laughs> well, Belichick's 72 years old. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you're he's right. Gonna be, he's, 
can it be 77 before he gets his system in place? How long? And then it, even if that's so, how much longer is he going to coach at 70, 70 damn years old? So, no, that would be a horrible, that would yeah. be a horrible mistake. Hey, good call, Gary. Good call, Gary. we got to keep it running here. i got more people on the line, all right? Uh, okay, let's go. bro, hey keep, hey, hey, keep knocking it out of the box, hey, what? All right, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling. Call in next week as well. Let's go to line three. Ron and Ashburn, can you confirm that this is not Ron Rivera? I can confirm that. <laughs> What's going on, Ron? I'm actually driving right past uh, the park right now. <laughs> um, I just, I just, I just want to make a comment about you know some of the you know reporting that's come out of Ashburn regarding whether Rivera was on board with these trades or not. Uh-huh. If I'm the own, if I'm the ownership, and I know that I've got a guy for eight more games or six more games, and then he's a free agent anyway, and I'm not going to be able to sign him. You got to trade him, and you got to trade him for what you can get. And if Ron was not on board with that, I say he should go right now because that tells me he's not smart enough. As he's not a he's not a good general manager. Maybe he could be a better coach if he wasn't a general manager. But he's just not he's not rebuilding anything. As as the previous caller said, we have too many glaring weaknesses in other positions that he didn't rebuild. And most importantly, when you have a fifth-round draft pick at quarterback um, that, you know, is is okay, is serviceable right now, but you have an offensive line that's awful, he's right. had two years to rebuild that. He's, he's lost two all-pro positions on the offensive line, and he didn't do anything to refill them. So right. that's... Right. That's why I've been saying, that's why I've been advocating to fire him for a long time because his first round draft pick didn't hit. His second round draft pick didn't hit. His third, his fourth round haven't hit. His draft picks just haven't hit. And uh, that's a big part of what he was brought in here to do. Uh, But, Ron, how would you respond to what I threw out to the other callers? If you fire Ron, though, who becomes the head coach to close out the year? Let EB do it until the end of the year and give him his shot to see if he can actually, you know, run a team. I'm not a big fan anymore of of having head in today's NFL. You got to throw the ball. You got to score points. Yeah. And having a, having a dinosaur like Ron Rivera, a defensive minded coach as a general manager, not a good not a good uh, not a good pairing. Really, you need somebody who can draft players to score points. And and as the previous caller said, you've got a quarterback on a rookie deal. That's that's a blessing to any NFL franchise. So I just wanted to, and I, and I think Ron Rivera is a nice man. I really do, but I I don't think he's a he's not for this for this type of NFL we're in now. He's not the right man. Have no. a great day, Rod. Good call, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it, the thing with Ron Rivera is it's just uh, to me it comes down to he doesn't play to win. He plays not to lose. Right. He he plays to. Oh, oh! Let let's let you make a mistake here to allow us to win the game, rather than oh, we're going to go out and take it from you. And uh, you know, I, I think it comes down to last year against the Giants on the road in overtime, had the ball at the forty yard line, needed five yards to kick a field goal and win the game. Instead, he punted, he punted, and then you tied. You know, the tie on the record is just the perfect definition of what Ron Rivera is as a head coach. Mediocre. He's 8-8-1, eight, eight, and, and that's all he'll ever be. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio 
on the fan. Phone lines are open 1-800-636-1067. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on DC Sports Radio 1067, the fan, and always available on the go on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. And just search AWOD Radio to hear me Monday through Friday. You can always check out the podcast, AWOD Radio, available on Spotify, iTunes, and more. I post each hour of the show plus a full best of hour. And you can find podcasts of this show by searching Overtime on iTunes or Spotify or always available on the Odyssey app. So 1 p.m. from Gillette Stadium, November 5th, tomorrow, the Washington Commanders 3-5, and 2-2 two and two on the road, face off against the Two and six New England Patriots as Bill Belichick's one of having one of the worst seasons of his career in New England, but they weren't sellers at the trade deadline. The three and five commanders were, though Ron Rivera has insisted he hasn't given up on this season, saying, quote, it's an opportunity to see what else we have. It's an opportunity to go out and win football games using different guys. Yep. The different guys will be the James Smith-Williams of the Worlds, and the KC Two Hills. Will those guys become household names for Commanders fans? Or will we be regretting not having Chase Young and Montez Sweat this Sunday? 1-800-636-1067. Like I said, I do think these this Commanders team will come out and play inspired football. They'll probably start hot. They'll play well defensively. It'll be a low-scoring game. But in the end, I do think the Patriots will get the win because I like Bill Belichick to win the coaching matchup. I, I, it simply comes down to that. I think uh, he'll find a way to outduel Ron Rivera. He's always been good at disguising his defensive coverages. I think he's going to make it a nightmare for young quarterback Sam Howell. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is going to be forced to throw, 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 throw. A lot of people might be upset by that, but I don't think... This is the game where Brian Robinson Jr. gets 100 yards rushing. I really doubt that. Uh, so I do think it's going to come down to uh, Belichick. Maybe he uses a special teams trick play or something like that uh, to get his guys to score just enough points to defeat the Commanders. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to Paul in Gaithersburg. Paul, I appreciate you hanging on hold. What's your thoughts? Yes, sir. I'm enjoying the show. Uh my thoughts are a little more positive in terms of um, seeing what's going to happen. I, I think last week, the first half that the enemy called was his best half of the year. Yeah. Uh, the dynamic throwing the ball within two seconds, uh, spreading around to, I think, eight guys, right? You had Gibson, Crowder, Thomas, uh, the other tight ends. Everybody's involved. You're getting those two- to five-yard passes that turn into five- to seven-yard gains. You have ball control. You're using time. It helps the defense. I want to see if they can stick with that because, look, I mean, I remember Kurt Warner look, did something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Right now, Howell isn't great at the 40-yard pass, and I don't like it when they run straight up the middle to a loaded D-line. But I love what he did last week. I'd like to see what the enemy can do for the rest of the year. Can he play a dynamic game like that, or is he just an average guy? And I'd love to see if he can do it. I think they have the talent on the on the offense, even with the bad O line, to win games. And I just want to see how dynamic they can be because when they ha- use those weapons and that short pass 
game plan. I think they could be anybody because they have the talent. In, even in their lesser talented guys like Crowder and Gibson, you saw them making plays, right? I mean, yeah, Paul, Paul so let me amazing. ask you something. Let me ask you something because here's – I, yes. I want to play devil's advocate. And I love Sam Howell, yes. but I would argue that Howell yes. looked really great with the enemy's game plan for the first 15 scripted plays and maybe even the yes. first 20. Like, right, they punted, and yes. then it was touchdown in three plays, touchdown in nine, and then a field goal after that. And you're right, the enemy called his best first half. But I don't think Howell looked that great after that. And for the second time in a row against the Eagles, he was blanked in the third quarter. So I, I wonder what's going on with halftime adjustments that Howell's struggling with. I don't think it's Howell. I think it is. And I think the enemy gets impatient and he's throwing and he wants him to throw these 30, 40 yarders. That's not what he doesn't have the touch yet. I, I love it when he throws the five yarder to Thomas and he gets eight or he throws the Crowder and the guy gets nine yards from a three yard pass. Mm-hmm. I think that's a winning formula. I, I just think the enemy needs a little patience because, you know, he was used to working with Mahomes and Kelsey and they can make right. anything work. Well, Paul, I would I would argue it's a combo of the of the two though because when I watch the film, Hal's eyes are focused downfield. Like he he's looking for the home run ball too. The enemy has to control him. He has to say, "Do not look downfield. You're going to throw it to a running back. You're going to throw it to a tight end." Or I, I even love to throw to to um uh, Robinson, right? Uh, yeah, out of the backfield. Yeah, because you don't expect it. It's totally unexpected. I just thought that was something great, and I'd love to see more of it. And, you know, maybe people can figure out at the end of the year if the enemy's a head coach or is he an offensive coordinator. Because right now, if he were to take over, it would be – I think it would be a a death knell for him because what is he going to do with the defense? He doesn't coach the defense. Right. Right. No, he's just got to keep trying to score 31 points a game. That's what they should focus on. Good call, Paul. I appreciate it. Uh, we're up Thank against you. the break, but, Alan, I want to go to you real quick. Alan and Clifton, uh, we got about a minute. What are your thoughts on the situation? Yes, sir. My, my thoughts on this, I have a little different take on this. First of all, because we're so used to losing here. We've been losing for so long. And, you know, we are. who didn't think, who thought, who in their right mind thought that Ron Rivera was a winning coach? He never won in Carolina. He only had one good season when he had Cam Newton as the MVP. Other yeah. than that, he was a below 500 coach. He, uh, nobody else wanted this job. No, that's nobody right. That's, well, that's, that's exactly it, Alan, is that we, we take a step back. We have to realize Ron Rivera is the only guy that was qualified that would work for Dan Snyder. And I appreciate you calling in. Thanks for chiming in. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. We did know who Ron Rivera was. And, he look, he changed the culture and he got us into the playoffs, but he's not the guy to lead us to a playoff win. And uh, so I, I do think they'll move on from Ron Rivera, if not before the end of the season, then definitely after the end of the season. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on DC Sports Radio 1067, The Fan, we've got Chris Russell, the rooster, coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back.